it's going to be maximum points for Sergio Perez, who on the streets of Singapore wins the 2022 Singapore Grand Prix. This, the greatest race for Sergio Perez. What's up, guys? It is Richie here. Season 2, Episode 20 of the F1 Podcast. Um, we are filming this, what day is it today? October 4th. Can't keep track of the days. Um, but all, all kidding aside, uh, it is good to be back. We took a little bit of a break. Um, we actually um, we actually did our first in-person event together. Um, Andrew, welcome. Uh, sorry, I'm here with my co-host, Andrew. <laughs> that <laughs> sorry. was great. Jay's <laughs> getting a lot of fun. Unfortunately, they lost, but had a great time. Saw some fans, which was the best. But also thinking that we got on the jumbotron with our fans too, Richie. That was a lot of fun. I I am so mad. I look back. Uh, sorry. I also want to note that Erica was at the game too. Uh, there will be photos in the YouTube one, but she had to send her regrets because she had her low bar uh, comedy. Um, they are having their um, their show on Thursday, so she's prepping for that. So she couldn't make this week's episode. But back to the Jays game. Um, let me tell you, the face, if somebody could capture, Andrew, your face on the Jumbo Scrawn looks like you're lights out, just like Austin Martin, both of them getting points this weekend. Like, what? Oh, I was <laughs> Danny fired Rick, up. <laughs> Danny Rick getting fifth place? Was it fifth place? Yeah, you're uh, channeling P5 energy. Yeah, and I'm like, where is this coming from? Uh, so, yeah, anyway, so, yeah, we were really excited that uh, we were able to do something with our fans. So, shout out to all the fans that we uh, went to the Toronto Blue Jays game with. Uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, I mean, got some October baseball, baby. I'm excited. October I'm excited. baseball. And and home uh, first home game since, I think, a series since 2016. Damn right. It should be a blast. Are they going to play Seattle or Tampa Bay? Have a feeling it's going to be Seattle just because they're in a better position to make the wild card number two spot. Sorry, I'm just chewing an apple. My bad. Uh, <laughs> my bad to everybody who has to listen to this. Um, but yeah, so um, as I said, you know, we're filming this on October 4th, a couple of days after the Singapore Grand Prix. Um, an interesting one. Um, you know, it's the first Grand Prix back in Asia since 2019. Um, because obviously COVID uh, interfered with a lot of the races of them traveling. So this was a first time we can come back to the Singapore Grand Prix. Um, average daily attendance was 166, one, 166, seven, 100,000 100, uh, fans. And throughout the whole attendance, 302,000 fans. Uh, so that is a significant jump from 2019's numbers. Because they were average was they were averaging eighty nine thousand fans, but you know they saw this is the second race, um, the first street circuit, second race this year, um, went down to a time clock. Uh, Sergio Perez uh, gets his second win of the season, I believe, um, and uh, we're gonna wait another week, hopefully, uh, hopefully two weeks. Um, but Max Verstappen, uh, yeah, this is the second win of the week. Uh, you know, Ferrari, uh, easy two three. Um, you know, I got a little interesting with all these yellow flags and uh, safety cars. Um, but I don't know. What were your thoughts of the single front speed? I think my first reaction was, um, you know, it, obviously it's good to be back. But the whole penalty thing, I don't understand why they didn't tell why. Maybe I have to check the regulations. Why Sergio, he got double penalty for the gap in the safety car. Why didn't he have to serve the penalty during the race? And why was he allowed to do, 
I, I know this goes back because we didn't obviously have a chance to talk about the Italian Grand Prix, but that ended under a safety car. And like, I understand we want to have some fun racing and like, obviously maybe I'm bitter because Charles Leclerc could not pass him um, and had a bad, had bad hit, uh, bad start, but I don't know. It was tough. It, that was like my big kind of takeaway is I was kind of confused why, but you know, it's enough about me ranting. Andrew, hello. How are you first? <laughs> yeah, it's weird because, you know, I, I get the FIA all about the safety regulations and whatnot, but this is the second race this year that we've had to delay an hour start because of the, apparently the water was too wet on the street circuit. I get there was a monsoon before the race, but I've seen that they've raced in crazier conditions before. Um, you know, case in point, Brazil 2016, like that was a monsoon in Brazil, yet they still raced. Like there's a wet tire and there's a, like they have a wet tire for a reason. It's to get all of that rain out. So, you know, it's the second time this year, second street race that Checo's won and they both have been under a time clock, which is just, you know, it's quite unique, quite rare. Um, but what a twist. Yeah, I just, yeah. And like, especially these three races are definitely dangerous. A lot of safety cars um, throughout there, which I th honestly think makes Checo's race that much more like that win is probably his best win of his entire career. Uh, yeah. You know, having to, <clears throat> you know, go on, I think it was like two or, two or three safety cars alone uh, where you get the pack bunched up to you just to keep your advantage going forward. He got Leclerc right off the start and it was an absolute masterclass from Checo throughout the entire race. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of the pundits were saying that this is probably his best race in his career. I, I thought his win in 2020 at the Secure Grand Prix, if I'm pronouncing correctly, mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was going to be at uh, the Bahrain Grand Prix. But like, I thought that was going to be his, uh, that was his weight, uh, race just with how everything going on there. But he was able to hold Leclerc off for the longest time. And, and it's kind of sucky because, you know, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the Canadian Grand Prix where, you know, Carlos was just like chasing Verstappen throughout the race. And he was, could not, even with DRS, we could, like, could, they could not pass him. I mean, Singapore is a tough track to begin with. Uh, it is a street circuit. Uh, it is also a very hard track to really overtake. But, you know, kudos to, especially like in a situation where, you know, Verstappen did not have the race that he wanted. He wanted to be able to clinch the title this uh, today, sorry, uh, on Sunday, but like at least his second driver was able to maintain the points and hold the Ferrari. And, you know, we got to wait another week in Japan for next week to see if, you know, Max Verstappen um, can win his second title back-to-back -back title. So, and, that, and that's why Red Bull signed a driver like Checo. You know, because they haven't been able to find that number two to say support Max when he DNFs or when he doesn't finish well in the points, right? Just for an overall constructors championship, because they didn't lose that many points constructor wise this week, especially getting the win. Um, and that's why Checo is there now. He's like only two points behind Leclerc for second. Still has wow. a chance to still has a chance to win the um, <laughs> still has a chance to win the World Drivers Championship. I think him. Him and Leclerc, the only two racers or drivers that are not mathematically eliminated from winning the drivers. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, George Russell technically was eliminated, so it's it's basically those three. I mean, speak about Karen of the weekend, George Russell. Guy just <laughs> whined and moaned the entire race, and the one crash that he the connect when he 
when he brushed up with Schumacher and he said he had enough, he gave him enough room. I'm like, dude, you took up nine, you had 90% of the space in, in the, uh, in the street. And Mick had the line in front of you. I don't understand why you're complaining to him about not giving him enough space. You gave him plenty of space when you literally tried to squeeze him out and Mick did nothing wrong. I, I don't know if it was like Schumacher or Montoya back in the day. I think it was during a news conference and he's like, Oh, like he said, he didn't give me the space, but like, look at the camera. Can you just clarify what you consider acceptable behavior and what's unacceptable? Well, he said he didn't see me. He thought I wasn't there. So I'm amazed. I actually got in front of him when we were breaking a little bit. Oh, no, he didn't see me there. Well, no, but it... <laughs> no chance. You know, you got to either be blind or stupid to not see me, but He clearly said, how does he not know that I was behind him? Yeah. Uh, F1 memes had a field day and like, even look at the, like the clip of it. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it just mind way over. me. I'm like, dude, like Mick has got the line is ahead of you. Like racing rules 101. So it was just a lot of just whining and bitching on his part this weekend. And just, he had a tough weekend overall. Fair enough. Mercedes had a tough weekend, especially Hamilton dropping down to like P9. Yeah. That was a hard weekend for them. Um, but on the flip side, what an amazing weekend for McLaren. It's like, where has this been all season? <laughs> well, they brought the upgrade package for Lando's car. It looked like it was really well, but the strategy was on point. Outweighed everybody on the intermediates to go on to slicks. And that's how it got, you know, no mistakes. And that's how Danny, uh, Danny Rick got from P16 all the way up to P5. Like incredible. Yeah, and especially during uh, dur especially during a period where both the um, sorry, both the uh, Alpine cars go out. Yeah. Um, this was like, this is obviously was a huge moment for McLaren to to get some much needed constructors points, and I I think the reason it was engine, uh, engine for Alonso, and I think Acon, yeah, both engine uh, both engine um cut ups today for them. Uh, sorry, on Sunday. Sad to see that um, you know. His 350th Grand Prix had to end short due to an engine failure. And he was saying in his post-game press conference that he he's lost like 60 points this year on technical like failures, which he would be up in P uh, P7 of the uh, constructor the drivers championship instead of being in P9. Um, so yeah, quite interesting to hear that comment. And uh, I wonder if. Uh, you know, but Alonzo's, he was just sitting up in the top six, no problem until the engine cut off. So he really could have had a good opportunity to score some mega points for the team this weekend. Yeah. And especially in a situation like obviously, you know, the, the championship might be decided next week um, in Japan, but it'll be interesting to kind of see the battle. Uh, let's just keep in mind the battle for P4 and P5 and the constructors between McLaren and Alpine. And, you know, we kind of make fun of all the teams a little bit, but like, you know, Haas, Alphatari, Austin Martin, Alpha Romeo. They're all within like 20 something points of each other. Mm -hmm. And like, especially with Aston Martin this week and getting double points finishes like that, they leapfrog Haas and Alphatari to go up to seventh in the P in the uh, drivers. And now they're only like 15 points behind Alpha Romeo, who really haven't had a good season after Canada. Yeah, that was their yeah, that was their last good reason, but also like what is like, especially also Haas, like let's just take in the fact that they haven't been able to score points since Austria. 
and you know one two three four five six six straight races and they just keep going down and down we talked about how they like could have easily maybe got p6 in the constructors they 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 looked in a good position at the start of the season so i'm curious to see how that's going to play out in the last the last five races and um i i don't really know much about the Jap- japan japanese grand prix and the actual track itself so it'll kind of be interesting to see how the how the lower teams really feed on that um, I don't know. Is there any other takeaways that you thought were really, uh, really big in Singapore? I mean, I, I obviously think that, you know, with the season going in for uh, Daniel Ricardo, I don't think it's determined. Uh, oh, Aaron Judge got a 60 se- uh, second home run. No way. Yeah. Sorry. No we're, way. Oh, yeah, I finally hit it. Go. Sorry. They, I know that's not Formula One related. I just got the notification on my phone. Big announcement. Mid-pod. That is sick. Okay. I would. I was wondering when he was going to do that. They've been talking about it all friggin' week. <laughs> yeah. So it's the first time since France and only the sixth time this season, Daniel Ricardo brought McLaren home in points. Um, it was definitely his best drive of the season. I think there's no question. And a big motivator, motivative boost for him going into Japan. Like there's conversations of him being a reserve driver and don't really think that's, I, I, I just don't know where you would put him. And would you really want to ri- waste a, no offense waste a reserve spot for someone like him maybe you need to bring a younger person in uh maybe he takes a break of formula one next year but like this was good motivation for him especially what has been a horrendous season and only pretty not so pretty uh career at mclaren in his last two years yeah that's a good point i think uh, i think it's definitely helping put closure maybe on this season for sure for him getting that top five finish at Singapore, especially when he didn't have the upgraded car, he was able to get the P5. You know, just it just shows a testament to how he still can drive. Like, there's he's getting back by so many drivers, like you know, by Vettel, by Hamilton. We're talking world champ, multi-time world champions here are backing uh Danny Rick because they know how good of a driver he is. Yeah, and there's still a lot of air, drama up in the air about you know remaining seats left, and that. uh you know, Williams is probably looking at Logan Sargent, but why not put Nick DeVries in? So it's just, it's quite an interesting uh, case where chips are going to fall. <laughs> and uh, you know, you'd like to see Danny Rick in a Formula One car this year, this upcoming year, but I don't think the odds are with him right now, unfortunately. So either reserve driver or maybe even a trip to NASCAR. I've heard he's going to potentially go to NASCAR um, for a year to start driving there would be um, quite interesting. Well, he ha- he has a- he has a passion for the United States, so I think he he always he always goes to L.A. a lot. So um, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. I I think we obviously talked about it earlier, but I think one of my big takeaways this weekend was obviously seeing the double points finish for Austin Martin, especially the season they're having. And you know, Sebastian Vettel, four time F one champion, five time winner at Singapore, the most winner, most uh, winningest driver in Singapore, the line of Singapore. Uh, you know, get points in his final race in Singapore. So, uh, and also he's the next driver to have a documentary come out. So, um, <laughs> sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but like, it's, uh, I, everyone's jumping on this uh, documentary bandwagon. So, Why not? but I will be interesting to see what <laughs> be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see what he's going to talk about his career at Red Bull, like, uh, towards the end where kind of had that falling out with Mark Webber. Uh, you know, Daniel Ricardo came into the mix and then also uh, Max Verstappen. 
Um, I mean, Max Verstappen came after, but like, yeah, I'm just curious to see if he's going to touch base on that and just see his lifestyle. Cause he's was pretty, you could tell he's been in such a career difference when he was with Red Bull, then with Ferrari and now with Austin Martin. So I'm curious to see how that is, but I, I think yeah, it was, it was a good, good haul for them. Um, and now they're above Haas and Alphatari. So this is, I think this is one of their best weekends. Yeah, I think, especially with Vettel at a younger age, he was hungry to win world championships, kind of would do everything that he could to win world championships. And that's where I think the fall, well, obviously it was where the falling out with Mark Webber came, especially with, was, I believe it was Malaysia when the multi two one situation happened. But, you know, as he got older, he got more, I think more wiser, more of a team focused. And now he's kind of toward, as you know, he's end of his career, he wants to end out on a good positive note, especially from the sustainability standpoint. What he provides to Formula One, but um, I think it's it was a great race for Aston Martin. They look great out there on this weekend in the car, both qualifying. I thought they did well in qualifying, relatively speaking. And then with the race coming up, with that race, they you know getting a double points finish, first time this season getting a double points finish. So that's huge. Um, I, I think for a lot of people that don't understand the term multi twenty one, um, I'll just give a quick quick synopsis so in 2013 uh mark weber and sebastian vettel were racing against each other and i think the decision was vettel was going to hold in second and let mark win the race but vettel did not feel did not want to do that so he ignored team orders to steal the win for victory and it was like kind of one of those moments that define the vettel and mark weber era and a lot of people think that that was like kind of the downfall of work Weber as an F1 well, driver. That, but that people say that was the reason why he retired. He was done with this BS. Yeah. So, so, so I just wanted to give, give context, but on that, but we can talk more about Singapore. I know it was, it was beautiful. I, I don't know. It was also nice to see all the fireworks at the end. Uh, it was beautiful. It was, it's, it was a, be- it looked like a party there. Oh, see Singapore to me is a, is a, is like the ultimate test for a formula one driver like the amount of like the track itself is very tough very tight in scenarios too but also the fact that you're dealing with such high humidity and the heat like after the races and seeing like the post game like the post race interviews everybody just looked knackered like just completely dead (laughs) from the race so I thought that was quite, it's always quite interesting to see how like it affects everybody. And I think if you can survive Singapore, you can survive the F1 calendar. You can survive Bahrain, Abu Dhabi. And then like, keep in mind Vegas next year, I think it's going to be like a 10 PM start. So what the heck are you going to do all day? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, probably (laughs) party. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I mean, prepare for the race. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You have your calendar blocked off for like, personal time <laughs> from uh, 10 a.m to 9 50 p.m well technically you have to be there two hours before you race but yeah it was i was actually really interesting i saw there was like a video lando had to get dumped to water um i think the average driver loses like eight pounds per race i think i read something like that <laughs> that's insane um but i i guess um i didn't have any fan questions today but uh i someone made i saw a joke uh erica sent us a funny thing could there and I I will ask this question to you, Andrew. Um, if Max Verstappen wins the title in Japan, if he does, he clinches it. Could him and Pierre Gasly or Yuki Tsunoda switch seats so they can take the Red Bull seat and then he can race for the junior team? 
I highly doubt that is ever possible. But can a man believe? Can like, we see? <laughs> to, in a way, if they were to lock down the constructors' championship as well, I, I Red Bull are so crazy enough that they think that they would. Like, what, <laughs> like it would be such a marketing um, ploy for them <laughs> that I think it would be hilarious to see what the Yuki's got in a uh, Red Bull car. Uh, the Pierre would be quite funny, but I think, uh, you know, considering he was already, he, he was a previous Red Bull member. So that would be quite interesting to see him return to the paddock there, but it would be interesting to see how Checo and uh, Max would do with a P9 car effectively, right. In the constructors championship. Yeah. And uh, we are especially, it would be kind of nice to see, uh, see, uh, sorry, see Pierre Gasly back in an, uh, a Red Bull car, but yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. Um, but that was the only question I wanted to bring up, um, that I had for this week. Um, I know we have kind of a shorter episode this week, but I just want to see what are you kind of what's your kind of strategy going into Japan and especially for the teams? What does Red Bull need? Red Bull just needs to go out and just do their business, you know. Max Verstappen needs to win the race, needs to get fastest lap, and it's over. I really think it would be cool for Max to win in Japan, considering how they couldn't go to Japan last year to celebrate Honda's quote-unquote last official year of their partnership. But I think it would mean the world to Japan, to Honda, to have Max win in Japan. It's have win the Constructors' Championship, or Drivers' Championship, sorry, in Japan at Suzuka. I think that would mean the world to them. And it would be a really cool story, um, especially for the Highlands. I know there's five races to go, and you never want to see a guy win or a driver win with you know four to five races left but it would be such a very cool and unique story that would make honda come full circle especially when they had problems at mclaren in those days to then be able to you know have a car that's won back-to-back drivers championships and you know you're rebel are pretty much going to win the constructors championship barring a epic collapse so it I think it would be really cool for Max to win it in Japan itself. Yeah, I, I think um, uh, obviously we have a little bit of a, a teaser uh, later at the end of the episode, uh, but I would kind of would like to see it decided in Austin. Um, but uh, I, I think the cards and if everything goes right, I, I don't perceive Max doing another situation but also, like, can we just take it? We didn't even talk about qualifying. What happened in qualifying for him, where his team did not realize how much gas he had in his car, and then told them you you gotta want he could have he could have got fastest lap. He was on pace he was, he was on pace to beat Leclerc by a second, like a full second <laughs> through sector two, and then he yeah, and then they like are they I think. Christian said around, I forget what turn it was that they realized that he needed to come in and his reaction was absolutely priceless. Cause he knew he could have locked it up this weekend if he had pole and uh, to finish eighth, to finish P eight for the start of the race and to have that such a horrendous start at the beginning. Like he went into Annie stall, he go, dropped down to P 12 and then he built his way back up to P seven. But you know, ended up trying to make a move on Lando where he, I think he locked, you know, he definitely locked his tires up, but he hit, I think it was, he hit a bump in the road or what he's saying. And then the tires locked up, which then forced him to drop back down a couple of positions. Just a really, really frustrating race. I think if you're Max Verstappen uh, yeah. in a way, um, but nevertheless still scores points. 
And um, however, though, he does, he's not able to um, now break Vettel's record of what would have been nine races. It could have been nine races in a row for a victory. That's disgusting. <laughs> that it's- is absolutely like, we just got to take in the fact when, when Sebastian Vettel drove for Red Bull, the amount, like he, he got 392 points in one season. And that's not even, oh, sorry, 397. And that was the year where he won the nine straight. And it's disgusting how much that, how he dominated that Red Bull car. But the crazy thing too is that Max is at 341, five races to go. Like, and in, in a season where we've been pitched by F1 to have these like even better, you know, even racing, you know what I mean? Like better racing, which it has been for the most part but have a more equal car in a way in terms of aerodynamics. What Red Bull and Max Verstappen have done this year has been incredible. And I think it's probably, uh, you know, I, I, people may disagree, but I say this is one of the best um, individual seasons of F1 that we've ever seen. Uh, Ferrari 04 with Schumacher has been up there, is, always, is obviously up there. But just from what we've been told in terms of how the it's especially a new era of racing and for Max to just to dominate it like he has been barring. I know Ferrari's had some issues, but hey, yeah, still got to in order to finish the race, you got to finish, you know, you want to finish first, you still got to finish the race. Right. And that's been a struggle for Ferrari at times this year. Um, you know, some strategies have been mixed up, but I think a collective effort between Red Bull's, you know, engineering team strategy and then Max as a driver has been just super impressive this season. Yeah, and I think there will be a lot of takeaways uh, of this season, and especially if um, you know, I think Ferrari, if 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 Max can secure it next next week, um, you know, I, I think we they should start foc- they should just focus on the next 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 year's car, and especially next year. Um, I think obviously we talk about the more fair race in this season, and we you know, we've we've seen it. Um, we've obviously not seen it in the podium level and the race win levels, which we wanted to probably see, but. We've seen that a lot more. It's more competitive in the midfield and and the team and even the bottom teams. Um, it's not like a blow blown away like we've seen in previous previous seasons. So, like kudos to like Christian Horner and the team at Red Bull. They it's it's um, there's a lot of this season they've were able to mm-hmm. just dominate and, and you know obviously take advantage of Ferrari's mishaps. Whether if it was the strategist or just just some unlucky breaks that happened to Leclerc and Carlos Sainz, but. It's not over yet. Nope. Charles still has a chance to win it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that, that would be a pretty good uh, bet on FanDuel um, if he pulls that off. But, you know, I just uh, – anyways. Um, so with four – with a couple of minutes left to go, um, I just want to say, uh, Andrew, always a pleasure chatting with you. Mm-hmm. Erica, all the best on your show on Thursday. We're going to be cheering you on. Um, but also, I would just want to let people know – um announcement will come next week uh officially uh probably on the 12th but we've potentially have secured a location to watch the u.s grand prix but stay tuned on social media so in order to fall to find out where we're going and where we're going to meet with our fans you need to follow us on instagram uh we, we're on social media so send us a follow on instagram spotify apple podcast and the youtube channel x and we're also stream on Twitch at XRichie. Uh, this was episode uh, 20 of where we've talked about the Singapore Grand Prix. 
and be interesting to see what happens next week in Japan. Um, obviously, I'm your host, Richie, and I'm here with Andrew. And um, Andrew, uh, anything last words before we uh, we call this call this an end? Keep 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 ready on the socials, as John was saying. We do have a, a very spicy announcement coming up Tuesdays in terms of or next week in terms of where we could be having a host party. So follow us on F1 Podcast for that. But to leave to leave the Singapore Grand Prix where Max Verstappen might win it in Japan next week. Stay tuned to see how it goes next weekend and have our race reactions next weekend on the F1 podcast. This is Andrew. He's John. And we're the F1 podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. But again, please follow us on Instagram at F1.podcast, Spotify, Apple podcast, as well as X Richie's YouTube page. Look forward to hearing from you, everyone. Um, or see Let's or- go blue Jays. Yes. Bah, 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 bah. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.